0: Welcome, welcome, curious souls, to the Macabre Emporium, your sanctuary for the unusual, the mysterious, and the appalling.
1: Step through our cryptic doorway into a world where secrets whisper and enigmas come to life. I'm David. And I'm Sarah.
0: Together, we're your custodians of the macabre, guiding you through tales that defy the ordinary.
1: Discover the untold stories, from lesser-known cases of true crime to the bizarre events that captivate us.
0: Join us on a journey to the shadows where the mainstream fades and the extraordinary beckons.
1: So whether you seek the bizarre, the eerie, or the chillingly obscure,
0: you're in for a treat here at Macabre Emporium. Welcome back to Macabre Emporium. this is episode 54. And if this is your first time joining us because you're getting tired of hearing about Super Bowl talk this week, welcome! Welcome! Fuck Super Bowl! <laughs> yeah, as you can see, we're not sports ball type people and neither is Ginger she no. wants to chime in all of a sudden. Yes. So, so if you are a sports ball person, hopefully your team wins, and if they didn't, well, I guess better luck next year. Sucks to suck! Yeah, that too, I guess. But anyhow... <laughs>
1: We've got absolutely nothing to talk about this morning, no, so David's we... going to jump right into his top five but, today in history.
0: But before we get to that, and oh. I know we brought it up before, and we've been doing Twitch streams, I've been playing Poppy's Playtime, and I underestimated that game, because I first looked at it, I'm like, that looks dumb. And then Lindsay, our moderator, kept bugging me, and bugging me, and bugging me to play it, and I was like, I have no interest, and then her daughters asked her if I'm ever going to play it, and I was like, god damn it getting suckered in by a kid to play this now yep <laughs> right? and now i almost finished through the third part and of course i'm gonna have to get parts four and five whenever they come out yeah i'm sure everybody's gonna demand that i play those but if you're interested in come seeing twitch streams it's every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern time that's where sarah and i and Lindsay and her friend bird bird i can't remember her actual name ashley yeah Ashley, aka bird and Lindsay a.k.a. Noodle. We all play the all the ghost investigation games or maybe some other online co-op stuff if we ever find anything interesting for all four of us yep. outside of that. And then Thursdays I've added in a Thursday night solo stream starting at the same time eight PM Eastern time where that's where I've been playing Poppy's playtime and just hanging out with everybody and just doing solo games that I like.
1: Yeah. Because you like a lot of games that I don't really care for right. or make me sick visually to look mm-hmm. at them. So yeah, catch us when we're on or catch David when he's on. Yep. Wednesday, Thursday.
0: And there's also the slim chance of me doing a random pop up when I did Tuesday last week. Yeah. I just felt like doing it. So I just popped it on. <clears throat> pop on. So, pop off. What do you have for this week?
1: Uh, I have a paranormal love story Ooh, spooky (laughs)
0: that's
1: that's david's catchphrase in the games that he plays yep anyways what do you have
0: i have some origins on st on valentine's day because i needed a break from the dark dark history of our country and dark history in general so i needed that. i needed to get back into an origin story so this isn't like every little bit of thing about valentine's it's just kind of where most of it came from how it came to be what it is Mm -hmm.
1: nice sticky beans is on the counter if you can't hear him
0: as always because you can't ever leave us alone when we're in here recording in the office no you ready to get started yep are you yep okay
1: When you think of the best day of your life, you may think of your graduation day. Others might think of the day their child or children were born. It could be the day you landed your dream job or bought your dream car. It could be the day that you got the keys to your first place away from your parents and the freedom that came along with it. Maybe it's your retirement or moving to a destination you always wanted to live in. It could be the day you become engaged to the love of your life. But for Brocard, an English musician, The best day of her life was when she got married to her husband, who just so happens to be a
0: ghost. All right, then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this was very interesting. And this is very recent, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brocard had always been quite a bit skeptical when it came to anything paranormal. But something shocking gave her a change of heart. On a particularly gloomy day, Brocard was in her bedroom trying to fall asleep. She had been having trouble sleeping since she and one of her friends had gotten into a heated argument and kind of had a falling out. The storm wasn't helping her as she said the wind was loudly howling and the rain was hitting the windows unnaturally hard. She kept replaying the upsetting events of the day over and over until she started to feel something she had never felt before.
0: What's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> the look she just gave me because i'm doing this with a 12 year old uh,
1: yeah she said that her heart had an intense burning sensation that would make its way through her entire body like she said it started with a tingle and it worked its way slowly like she said she felt it in her stomach in her you know her legs mm-hmm. all the way to her toes and then it was just gone in that instant she bolted up right in her bed she said, "I was forced into a sitting position. I reached back to turn on the bedside light, but my hand was forced back towards my body. I tried again this time I was able to pull the cord and turn the light on. She describes how she felt a foreign warmth on her neck and an accompanying whisper of "I love you." Right after that, she explained how the warmth was pulled away, and she was once again alone in her room in the cold. This is how she knew she had this is how she knew her ghostly visitor had left her. She laid back down, shaking and sobbing. She said she felt possessed by her emotions. Brokard finally fell asleep. She woke up the next day and could do nothing but think about the strange events of the previous night. She dwelled on it for days and thought that maybe she was just overthinking what happened or that it was just a dream that felt super real. But then strange things started to happen again. She said she would take a shower and hearts would appear in the steam on the mirror that she didn't put there.
0: All right. I mean, at least it didn't draw a dick in the same, I guess. So that's a plus.
1: <laughs> yeah. She tried to communicate with the spirit and would have visions, and he w- would speak to her in them. He apparently whispered into her ear, Eduardo. So she took that as, like, that's his name. Yeah. But can you imagine if that was, like, his lover's name? Like, he's looking for Eduardo. <laughs> right. <laughs> or that's the person that murdered him, so he's, like, forever... Stuck just being called by his murderer's
0: name. Right. Hmm. All I can keep is... All I can keep imagining is that scene in Ghostbusters where Ray has the ghost take his pants off. <laughs> yeah.
1: She said she would see him walk by her in the house out of the corner of her eye. That he could be jealous. Like if she wore anything revealing, he'd tear it or hide it on her. She said, I saw his images as a Victorian soldier.
0: Of course.
1: He was always in his uniform. His face was devilishly handsome. Shoulder-length, unruly hair. She said he looks lived in, well-worn, troubled almost. There's a pain attached to his being. His voice is commanding and forceful, yet he whispers to seduce. Through the almost two years of repeated encounters, and that includes sex, apparently they, they were hot and heavy, Eduardo would slowly start to show more of himself to her, and she truly was, like, seduced by this ghost. As Brocard was showering one night, she pulled back the shower curtain to a question written on her foggy mirror that said, Will you marry me? Eduardo had proposed, and of course she said yes. And when she woke up, the next morning there was a ring laying on her pillow next to her.
0: So those ghosts just chopped on down the fucking Jared and got a ring? <laughs> yep. Or just floated on through, and probably the staff were so terrified of floating and they couldn't report it.
1: <laughs> Do you see that ring that's floating?
0: I mean it could be worse. The ghost could have gone to a whole other store, different store, and got a different kind of ring.
1: Oh! On Halloween Day in 2022, the unique couple got married. She said, "I couldn't think of a more appropriate day to get married than Halloween. It's like Valentine's Day for spirits. So for Eduardo, it's the most romantic night of the year."
0: I have never once have heard that Halloween is described the most romantic night for ghosts. Me neither. But hey, whatever.
1: Yeah. So if you get on YouTube. They have the entire ceremony on there. The backdrop was like rough stone. It She says it's a chapel, but it didn't look like the inside of a chapel to me. Like the back was rough stone. There were tons of candles lit on the floor. Just a couple of windows. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Brocard was wearing a lacy black dress with a black veil and holding a bouquet that looked... I, I didn't see flowers. It just looked like grave moss to me. Okay. Brocard said, wedding dress shopping has been challenging as Eduardo is very specific with what he likes. Anything revealing or tacky is an instant turnoff to him and he gets so, so angry. He likes it when I leave things to the imagination. So dress and slutty is not... she cannot do that. Well, of course not, because he's a
0: prim and proper Victorian soldier. Right. Even though, well, no, we're going to hold on to that. <laughs> she said... Luckily, I love
1: the Victorian era, so his taste is very much in keeping with my personal style. I've had to keep these rules in mind while shopping for my dream dress. From the moment I got engaged, I had my heart set on marrying in a church or a chapel. I didn't think it was possible due to the religious complications, so I burst into tears when I found the location, as it's a beautiful chapel with gorgeous stained glass windows. The officiant was in a full black suit, and in the video you can see her holding her hand out like she's holding Eduardo's hand next to her. Right. The officiant reads his ceremony script and starts off with, you're about to make promises that you intend to keep. You're vowing to stand up for one another, find happiness in one another, and grow as a team together.
0: I just thought of something. What? Because usually during the vows it's till death do us part. I'm going to get to that. Okay, never mind. And there I am, going and doing what I am do best, (laughs) jumping ahead without trying. He then continued on with,
1: Brocard, do you take Eduardo to be your partner in the adventures that lie ahead? Do you promise to walk side by side to the ends of the earth? To love, encourage, and support each other in every endeavor? Do you commit to opening yourself up completely and sharing your entire beings together? To share laughter as well as tears, do you take Eduardo as your partner for now until the end of time? And Brocard said, I do. He then reads the script for Eduardo, and clearly Eduardo can't answer that. So Brocard giggles at the end and says he does.
0: So they couldn't get like a fucking Rimpi or EMF tech or <laughs> anything like that. Laser grid. <laughs> yeah, Spirit Box.
1: Brocard then went on to say her vows to Eduardo, which were in the form of lyrics she had written about him in a song called "Haunted." My heart is racing, my pulse in overdrive. Because you're my creepy little lover that I can no longer hide. There's a fire between us that can't be denied. Be my freaky little lover till the end of time. Till the church bells chime. You can be my ghost and no matter how close, I can never truly reach you. I'm reaching out, screaming for you. You're burning in my heart and now I see you. Haunted, ghosted, so alive, but dead inside. I'm reaching out, you barely exist, but don't give me the digits of a sick exorcist. Cause then I won't be haunted, ghosted, so alive, but already dead. My mind is racing, thoughts in overdrive, but I won't overthink things that will kill the vibe. Cause we're lost in time, have I lost my mind? Let the church bells chime. You can be my ghost, and now we are so close. I will always try to reach you. Unfortunately for the newlyweds, their union would not last long. What? Brocard claims that her ghost husband started to become possessive and that he would go from being warm and intense to threatening. She stated that their relationship had been turbulent from the start and that with Eduardo's new threatening antics, she was becoming tired of being married to a free spirit. She said he was inconsistent with his contact and was barely present. The more the couple fell out, the more Brocard saw visions and felt things that were happening.
0: Yeah, lady, you were just a living side piece. Come on now. (laughs) She claims that Adla- Eduardo. <laughs> so apparently Eduardo put on a bunch of weight here.
1: She, <laughs> she claims that Eduardo was in love and obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. She said Eduardo first laid, laid his eyes upon her in the chapel on the day of their wedding, and that it was and that that was when his attitude towards her changed and he started to become an absent husband, which I just find funny. He's an absent husband.
0: (laughs) He's not even alive. (laughs) Right. And what I was trying to get at earlier was with the, you know, the usual till death do us part. You don't have a way out at this point, lady. Right. (laughs)
1: That's why they said until the end of time. I know. Brocard would admit that Eduardo cheated on her with Marilyn as he would be gone for days and then return with a lingering smell of Chanel Number 5, which was Marilyn's signature fragrance.
0: So I'm assuming this Marilyn is a friend of hers. Marilyn Monroe. The Marilyn Monroe. The
1: Marilyn Monroe.
0: Yeah. Well, because I'm confused by this because you said that he laid eyes on her in the chapel. So there's just. When
1: they got married.
0: Right. So there's just this random Marilyn Monroe cardboard cut out in the chapel, apparently.
1: No, he saw her spirit.
0: Okay. In the UK. Okay. Uh, Yeah.
1: She said the scent would fill the entire room, and he would tell her how hot Marilyn looked that day just to rile her up. She complained about how drunk Eduardo got on their honeymoon in Barry Island in Wales. He apparently went ham on the minibar in the hotel room at the expense of Brocard, because you know she was the breadwinner of the relationship. Obviously, When they were on the beach, he would tackle her to the sand... If she ate ice cream, he would eat it and get it all over her face and in her hair and get sand in it. She had thought about couples therapy, but instead of going that route, she chose to go to a psychic to get her advice there. The psychic told her that it would suit her best to part ways with her supernatural spouse. So she did just that. She took the advice and ran and came to the decision of ending her marriage because his energy was dragging her down.
0: And she called Billy Baggins and his crew to come in and take care of the job.
1: <laughs> Eduardo didn't take this lightly. He began to haunt Brocard and was being aggressive. He would make sounds like a screaming baby at all hours of the night just to piss her off. This was the final nail in the coffin for her relationship with Eduardo. She went back to the chapel they were married in and exercised him right out of her life. <laughs>
0: See, you should have taken those digits of a sick exorcist (coughs) from the beginning, lady.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She said afterwards that she felt much better and that she had finally purged him out of her system. She wrote a new song that goes over the details of their divorce called Just Just Another Anthem, and you can find that on YouTube as well. Even with the whirlwind romance with Eduardo, Brocard said that she is currently open to another spirit lover, and maybe even a human lover. (laughs) So in closing... If you're feeling sad because you're alone today on Valentine's Day, don't worry, because you might not actually be. When you go to bed alone tonight and put your battery-operated boyfriend back in his drawer, the man of your dreams may just be standing next to you waiting to make his presence known. I don't you know.
0: To be skeptical on the paranormal but just a lot of the stuff that you said she's doing is like is yeah. she just actually mentally ill altogether and is yeah. undiagnosed and not getting treated? I don't know
1: but yeah
0: just because of you know they usually say ghost attachments or specific places and not just be like hey we're gonna go to the beach and now we're going here. Right. It's like
1: he followed me to the beach he followed me to the hotel
0: mm-hmm. yeah I mean, even though places we've been, they said that uh, no, they've had an attachment from spirits moving from one place to the other also, but that's yeah. the first I've ever heard of that happening.
1: Yeah. You never know. True. There's no way to prove it or <laughs> not prove it. Yep. Disprove it. Debunk it.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: Anyways, let's get to your
0: stuff. All right. So, I kind of forgot to do this at the beginning. Luckily, I remember now. Yay. So, for... On this day, which was supposed to be at the beginning of this episode for February 14th, musician Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 was born in Landstuhl, West Germany in 1972. He was born in Germany? Yep. Huh. The movie The, Sil- the Silence of the Lambs was released in U.S. theaters in 1991 and would and would win five Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Atri- Actress, Director, and Best Ab- Ab- Adaptive, sp- adaptive, screen and best play. adaptive screen adapted screenplay. Fuck, I'll get it. I'll get it out of it. In 1929, five members of the North Side Gang were gunned down in Chicago, and this would become known as the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. No formal charges have ever been made, but it's believed that Al Capone is behind it all. Oh, of course. In 1946, ENIAC, the first general-purpose high-speed digital computer, is demonstrated to the public. This demonstration was to calculate a missile trajectory in 15 seconds, which would take several people known as a human computer to do this same task in weeks. Wow! ENIAC would take up 1,800 square feet and weigh 27 tons. To give you a representation of how roughly that is, it's just the same size as the building as the Emporium is located in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Like the entire building, not just our half
1: that's crazy,
0: Dolly the sheep, the first cloned animal from an uh, an adult cell, would die at the age of six years old in two thousand and three from progressive lung disease, so that's it, that's my this day in history. that was supposed to be nice. at the very beginning. It's whatever,
1: fuck formats
0: <laughs> all right, we do our own thing here, but anyway, so you're ready to hear about the Valentine's Day and all that stuff and uh-huh. some light origin stories of it, Yes, all right. Valentine's Day is all about love, chocolate, heart-shaped steaks, and real close dancing. And if all goes well, it might be a hot and spicy night. And hope you don't make the best sign of the Zodiac, and that is Scorpio. Good luck getting that thought out of your head now about (laughs) your parents having a wild Valentine's Day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Has that ever come out of your head?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is but i've decided to (laughs) plant that in for the people that don't think about
1: it like damn mom and dad had to fuck on valentine's day for me to be here at this time of the year
0: good luck getting that out of your head now if you're a scorpio (laughs) in november but anyhow (laughs) but to get where we are today with the holiday we have to go back way back to the third century around february 14th 270 (laughs) ce during the rule of Emperor Claudius II, he would become to be known as Claudius the Cruel. As he earned this title due to his hard leadership and tendency to get into wars and abuse his people. To maintain a strong army, to keep up with unpopular and bloody campaigns he was constantly fighting, he was finding himself in, he would need a strong army to do so, but he was having difficulty finding men to become soldiers to join the legions of the Roman army. So I tried to find how the size of this army is. And he can not find it for the specific time period, but at its peak in 211 CE, the Roman army had a, the numbers of 450,000. Wow. So it was probably around that, but probably not nearly that, so yeah. yeah. Claudius would believe one of the reasons why Roman men did not want to join the army was because of strong attachments to their wives and family. So to get rid of this problem, he would ban all engagements and marriages in Rome. Some sources called him a bishop, some people called him a uh, father, as in a priest. Either a bishop or Father Valentine, of my Italy, didn't agree with this ban and would risk becoming a martyr for defying the emperor's ban on marriage and begin to marry young lovers in secret. And when his actions were discovered by Emperor Claudius, he ordered that Valentine to be put to death. It is also believed that his execution was carried out on this day in 270 CE, where he was clubbed to death and then decapitated. Before his death, within the legend of Saint Valentine's, where he was jailed, it is believed that young couples he had married would come visit him in a cell and would pass him notes and flowers for, for as their gratitude for his services. And also, a long part of the legends of Saint Valentine is that came up quite a bit that he did leave a note to the jailer's daughter that said he was, she he befriended or he had fallen in love with, which I don't find that's the case if he's a father because mm-hmm. they take a vow of celibacy is that in this note that he signed it your valentine huh for his services during the ban on marriage in rome he would be, end up being a saint and, his patronage, and he is a patron saint of affianced couples against fainting, beekeepers, happy marriages, love mentally ill people, plague and epilepsy his skull or the belief skull of saint valentine is on display in the basilica of santa maria in rome and is adorned with a crown of flowers huh His association with love and romance wouldn't come until the 14th century in the poem written by George Coucher. For this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every bird comes there to choose his match, of every kind that men may think of, and that so huge a noise they began to make, the earth and air entry and every lake. Was so full that not easily was there space, for me to stand, so full was all the place. So the historians believe that this is the poem where his association with love and the holiday yeah. comes together. But whereas with the, the pagans, which if you remember from previous episodes, this pagans and when these are mentioned in history, that this is everybody outside of the church. Right. So these pagans are celebrating the festival of Lupercilia from February thirteenth to the fifteenth. During this festival that was to promote fertility and good health. According to Roman legend, the ancient king Amulius ordered Romulus and Remus, his nephews and founders of Rome, to be thrown into the, into the Tiber River to drown in retribution for their mother's broken vow of celibacy. A servant took pity on them, however, and placed them inside a basket on the river instead. The river god carried the basket and the brothers downriver to a wild fig tree, where it became caught in its branches. The brothers were then rescued and cared for by a she-wolf in a den at the base of Palatine Hill, where Rome was founded. The twins were later adopted by a shepherd and his wife and learned their father's trade. After killing the uncle who ordered their death, they found the cave den of the she-wolf who neutered them and named it Lupusail. It's thought Lupercilia took place to honor the she-wolf and please the Roman fertility god Lupercus. Lupercus. I don't know. There's so many. There's going to be a lot of these Luperci, Lupusisian <laughs> yeah. shit in here, so just, I don't know.
1: Pick one and go with it.
0: Yeah. During the feast of Lupusailia, see, there's another one, male <laughs> goats and a dog would be sacrificed at... At Lupercal Cave, as a representation of, se- of sexuality, and these sacrifices would be carried out by a Roman priest known as Luperci. Good Lord! <laughs> I think that's the last one, if I remember correctly. After the animals were sacrificed, their blood would be smeared on the forehead of the, the two naked Luperci, and removed with milk-soaked wool as they laughed. Don't know. Couldn't find out what the whole representation Hmm. of all that was, but it was out there. After the feast of the Looper and the sacrifices are done, the Looper would cut strips of hide from the sacrificed goats goats and take to the streets naked and whipping any woman in striking distance. Well, what the fuck? Don't know. This, This is what they did. And just like a 1970 swingers key party, men would randomly choose the name of a woman from a jar and be coupled with them for the entire duration of the festival. Oh, Sarah's so processing something weird.
1: Nineteen seventies <laughs> key party? You don't know what a key party yes, is? I, I was do. like, I know you should know my brain, like you just went past that so fast it didn't give me time to process what you said. <laughs> <Do it. laughs> Gosh. Okay.
0: Alright, so where was I at? So with the, these couple, new couples now made, most of these newly forged couples would actually stay together until the following year's festival and many fell in love and stayed together. Mm. With Priscilla would eventually lose its popularity as Christianity grew and the festival became chaste and women would only be whipped on their hands by fully clothed men instead. Good lord. And I'm sure that's probably about it. So like over time because of Christianity people becoming more modest. Right. They got clothed and all the wild party sections of it. It's like pretty much gone. Even though the origins of the Valentine's Day card would be rooted, could be rooted in the legend of St. Valentine's Note the first commercial of Valentines wouldn't appear until 1797 when a British publisher issued The Young Man's Valentine Writer, which contained verses for the young lover unable to compose his own. So this is just outside of our friend, to our Victorian friends, basically. I see that. These verses, from what I could gather from sources that had talked about this book of sorts, are similar to poems like Roses Are Read by Sir... And ben Spence, which I did happen to find the original writing of that poem. Oh. The roses red, the violet's blue, the honey sweet, and so are you. Thou art my love, and I am thine. I drew thee to my valentine. The lot was cast, and then I drew, and fortune said it shall be you. So that is the original writing of Roses Are Red. So that's much more than we know. Right.
1: Yeah, there were more than one verse.
0: That was the entire thing. Yeah, even though most Valentine's Day's card Valentine's Day's cards were handmade, printers were also producing what was known as a mechanical Valentine, and these Valentines were assembled in the factories. But with our Victorian friends, this is where we would see the fancy lace and ribbon Valentine's Day associated cards. Okay. In eighteen thirty-five, the Victorians alone would would send sixty thousand 60, Valentine's Day cards, despite the high postal costs. In just that year. So remember that because uh-huh. what's coming up here in a second. With the postal reform five years later in 1840, with the invention of the postal stamp, the number of cards that would be sent would spread like the plagues of the time to 400,000 cards sent just in 1840. Wow. Well, yeah. That's quite a jump. Mm-hmm. This would make it possible to send cards to your Valentine anonymously, which opened up a market for racy versus Valentine's Day's cards which I did try to find some of these cards and had no look, but I did find something else just as interesting that came up. So let's go back and visit William Blanche from episode 17, the first clearance bin episode. <laughs> oh, William Blanche. <laughs> so we first met William Blanche when I covered the history of the secret language of flowers known as floriography. And this is where Willie would ask Blanche if she would be interested in some moving pictures and leisure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> She accepts, and but they are now married with kids, and she now has a green-filled house filled with flowers from faraway lands. But Blanche receives one day one of these racy Valentine's Day cards from him, the Baron of the Crossing Sweepers and ben Cunningham Cunningham Second.
1: Ooh, what did it say?
0: I couldn't tell you, because I couldn't find any other racing the Oh,
1: man!
0: But Blanche is disgusted by what this card reads, and she wouldn't dare waste her flowers on such a vile card. So she might send a vinegar Valentine's Day card.
1: A vinegar? Scented?
0: No, she might send a vinegar Valentine's Day card. Oh. Vinegar Valentine's Day cards were usually sent anonymously. These cards were just as popular as regular cards, and they were filled with insulting poems and illustrations to mock or, or insult someone's looks, intelligence, or occupation. These cards were often cheap and printed only on one side and were widely popular with the working classes as they were only at the cost of a penny some of the verses i did find of these vinegar valentine's day cards are very i'm about to read to you okay. very from victorian period and all the way into the 1960s okay so they have always been around but they didn't eventually start losing popularity in the early 1900s but they've always kind of been around okay so for you could not possibly send one that you knows that someone has an interest in you, so you could send him this vinegar Valentine's Day card. You asked to see me home, kind sir. I thank you, but decline. One bout is qu- one bow is quite enough for me. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with mine. You need not to sit upon the fence to see me going by. I cannot give you such a chance. There now, dear me, don't cry.
1: Huh.
0: In this next one it was a picture depiction of a guy with a bald head. So you might be able to send us to somebody that's bald that you, you don't like. Oh god. But you'll send it anonymous obviously you're sending this anonymously. Your bright and shiny plate is seen at all the shows <laughs> and invariably down in the bald headed <laughs> rows. Or you make conspicuous by your tender care, your true ardent love for that one lonesome hair.
1: <laughs> the one lonesome hair. <laughs>
0: So on this next one, I'm assuming it's from a man being sent to a woman because it showed a picture of a dapper as fuck snake in a suit and a hat and everything. Ooh, danger noodle. And danger noodle. A dapper danger noodle, basically. I'm not attracted by your glitter, for well I know how very bitter my life would be if I should take you for my spells. A rattlesnake. Oh no, I do not accept the ring, or even more, it would prove a sting god then i'm kind of pretty sure that's what that one came out to read because the pictures that i did see of it part of the text was faded out and i did the best i could because it was in cursive in that print mm. yeah this next one is probably it's fit you know a fit send to i don't know exactly how to put it just because of how it reads but okay you it, read it and it clearly... i'll tell you who
1: you'd send it to
0: <clears throat> okay you got more curves than a roller coaster your clothes fit like a glove there's one thing wrong, Glamour Puss. You have a face only a mother could love. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, you're sending this to a woman. Yeah,
1: so you'd, <laughs> you'd be sending it to a scantily clad
0: Butterface. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, Lover Boy, the place for you is home upon the shelf. Because the only one who'd kiss you is a jackass like yourself. <laughs> That's just some of the the many that came across, I came across out there, but those are the best ones I kind of found more amusing at the time when I was putting this episode together. But also, like I did mention before, these cards started falling out of style in the 19, in the early 1900s, around 1905, when expensive gifts and dinner and dinners were becoming more into favor as a Valentine's Day tradition than Uh sending a card. Gotcha.
1: But like. Those were probably very racy back in the day. Oh, yeah. But now we've got, I was just looking like, roses are red, violets are blue. I've got ten fingers, tonight you'll get two. <laughs>
0: like are probably something more <laughs> along those lines, but a little bit more elo- eloquently worded.
1: Yeah. but <clears throat> Sorry, that one was funny to me. No.
0: So I also did look up some traditions from other countries for okay. Valentine's Day as well. Uh for the country of Wales, rather than celebrate love on the February on February fourteenth, residents of Wales celebrate Saint Dinwin's Day on January twenty fifth. Saint Dinwin's Day or Dinwin's Day, cause we already learned we have a hard time pronouncing English fucking words. So. I do for and sure. Welsh ain't gonna be any fucking better. No. This saint is the patron saint of lovers, and men traditionally gift women with hand-carved wooden spoons. The tradition is based on the notion that Welsh sailors carved and designed spoons while at sea and to bring them home back to their lovers. In Japan, women make the first move on Valentine's Day. They give men gifts instead of the other way around. A popular gift, Hanami Choco, a homemade chocolate. Men return the gesture on March 14th, known as White Day. Men give women white chocolate and other white gifts as a sign of their affection.
1: What's What's May 15th here?
0: May 15th here?
1: Or, sorry, March 15th. 14th. Like... Steak in steak a BJ day. Yeah.
0: One of the other things I did find out about Japan where this whole thing about women giving men chocolate came from was a misinterpretation of the Western cultures being brought into Japan about Valentine's Day, so uh-huh. it was mistranslated.
1: Ew. And then
0: just kind of stuck. Huh. So just like in Japan, in South Korea, women give gifts to men on Valentine's Day while men celebrate the White Day as well, but also there's a third holiday in South Korea and it's known as Black Day. Celebrated on April 14th, single friends gather to eat noodles and celebrate being single. The name comes with the noodle, comes from the noodle dish, which includes white noodles and a black sauce, which is a bean sauce from what I gathered. Okay. From what I looked it up elsewhere. In Slovenia, February 14th is considered a prime day for working in the fields as St. Valentine is one of the patron saints of spring. Slovenians typically cele- celebrate romance a month later on St. Saint- on Saint Gregory's Day, which falls on March 12th. And in Finland and Estonia, they celebrate Friends Day on February 14th, a day of honoring both of friends and significant others. Cards, gifts are still given out and can be for anyone from a best friend to a neighbor. To a neighbor. February 14th is also a popular day to get engaged in both countries. Additionally, Estonia has an interesting tradition for single people. They can take a ride on the love bus if hopes in hopes of meeting someone special.
1: The love bus? The,
0: oh, yeah, the love bus.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And there is one Asian country that I cannot remember at the top of my head that I forgot to put in here. The government actually will host a mass wedding ceremony. I've seen videos of those
1: before. Those are pretty pretty different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's some little fun facts of about Valentine's Day and the origins of where most of that comes from and the association with the patron saint.
1: So it's kind of fucked
0: that it starts with the murder of yeah valentine in italy yeah you th- like a lot of these things it's like holiday wise it's like oh yeah, here we're celebrating this and then you go digging into the shadows you know yeah and then it's like what the fuck it's
1: not as nice <laughs> as i thought it was yep yeah that's cool i didn't know yep. any of that
0: and one of the things i did look up into i've been trying to find a more definitive answer why they're all called feast days uh-huh but I'm still trying to pinpoint that because it's, like, all over the place. Okay. Like, a lot of these origin stories are because it's like, oh, this country is done it this way. And it's been Maybe done like it's... this over here because of parallel thinking. Maybe it's own episode. If I can find enough information. Yeah. That's consistent. Or, you know, somebody may listen to this and be like, it's because they all met that Atlantis. because <laughs> of That conspiracy theory. Right. Because of parallel thinking. Mm-hmm. 'Cause you know, lightning strike you know, lightning can strike twice or whatever you, you could say. True that. But that's it. Nice this week. Nice short, sweet little episode. So I hope everybody has a fun and exciting Valentine's Day. And a spicy night. And a spicy night. And if you know, maybe if there's a love bus in your lo- your area and you're single, go jump on it. <laughs> Sorry I'm stuck on that now. <laughs> Oh, okay. But of course, you know, we've also heard about the traditions of, oh, this, zoo will, you know, let you buy a cockroach and name it after your ex, whatever. Or you yeah. can do that too.
1: That is, yeah. That's an option.
0: Yep. But there's like so many different variations of holidays and whatnot. I just wanted to go over the main. Yeah. Meat and potatoes, basically. Steak and potatoes and steak, heart-shaped steak. Heart-shaped steak. Yep. Tube steak. All right. But I think it's time we close up the Emporium for today. What do you think? I agree. So until next time. Remember to creep it real. Okay, bye. Bye.
1: Please go and check out our website at macabreemporianpodcast.com. Join our Facebook group by searching Macabre Emporium. Like and subscribe on YouTube at Macabre Emporium Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Macabre Emporium Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Macabre Emporium. If you have any stories of the paranormal, your local true crime, or weird history that you would like us to look into and possibly do an episode on, email us at macabreemporianpod at gmail.com. And remember to follow, rate, review, and share whenever and wherever you can to help us grow our podcast.